This morning, on a seemingly boring conference call... Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Apologies for the delay. We had some technical difficulties. There was a major development in the world of business and tech. The government announced it was filing an antitrust case against Google. Google achieved some success in its early years, and no one begrudges that. But as the antitrust complaint filed today explains, it has maintained its monopoly power through exclusionary practices that are harmful to competition. The suit focused on one particular aspect of Google's business, Google Search, and the ads the company sells through Search. This is a landmark case. It's the first time the U.S. government has formally challenged Google's dominance. This is the first big antitrust lawsuit taking on the tech sector in more than 20 years. It's potentially a huge deal. I mean, the mere filing of the lawsuit is a big deal because we rarely have monopolization cases like this. I mean, it's a big deal for Google because if it loses, I mean, it could be facing considerable changes to its business. It's a big deal for people that want to compete with Google. It's potentially a big deal for consumers. And it's also a big deal because it's the beginning of a battle between Google and the government that could go on for years. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, October 20th. Coming up on the show, the face-off between the Department of Justice and Google, and what it could mean for the world of tech. episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. So can you just summarize at a high level, what is the news of the day? Well, the news of the day is that after more than a year investigation and lots and lots of anticipation, we got a federal lawsuit from the Justice Department alleging that Google effectively is has been for a while now illegally preserving its monopoly in search and search advertising in a way that prevents anybody from coming along and challenging their empire. Our colleague Brent Kendall covers the Justice Department. I mean, and clearly, you know, Google has been sort of the standard bearer search engine for a long time, connecting people with the information that it wants. But what the government argues is that at a certain point, Google crossed a line. And and it got into the business of trying to maintain this monopoly. How long has this case been anticipated? Well, the journal broke the news you know, in the summer of 2019 that the Justice Department was going to investigate Google. And so that probe had been going on for more than a year. I think there was an expectation from the beginning here that the government couldn't devote all these resources and then come up empty-handed. I mean, what people there really don't want to do is lose a case like this. The government does not want to screw this up. One reason the government worries about coming up empty-handed is because it's actually happened before. Back in 2011, the Federal Trade Commission looked into Google's alleged anti-competitive practices. It was about search then, too. 
back then, the most traditional issue that's been following Google, and it's still an issue now, is this whole concept of search bias. Search is Google's bread and butter. And the way it normally worked was you wanted information, Google wanted to connect you to that information. You'd go to Google, search for something, and you would move quickly off of Google's properties to whatever they connected you to. But then over time, they expanded and weren't just a search engine anymore. They had all sorts of their own properties, whether it's shopping or maps. Then they started providing more and more of their own answers to your search questions where you would just stay on Google properties. And it's sort of described as kind of a walled garden, where it's this whole ecosystem where once you get into it, like you don't have to leave. Back then, some at the FTC alleged that this closed ecosystem meant that Google was favoring its own products. And they argued that that gave Google an unfair anti-competitive advantage, and that that was grounds for an antitrust case. But there were a lot of competing factors, factors that ultimately stopped the FTC from bringing an actual lawsuit. Why didn't the FTC bring that case? I mean, the staff basically said, look, this is complex, because some of what Google does looks bad. They're clearly trying to do things to preference themselves, demoting other people in search results, scraping content from people like Yelp. However, they're also doing things that are really good. And one of their main motivations remains, how do we make our products and services better for people? And so the commission basically found that it would be a really tough case to win because Google would have all these defenses sort of focused on the pro-consumer benefit of what they were doing, particularly when almost all of these services are free. Another factor at play was that back then, a lot of people in government didn't want to challenge big tech companies. Everybody early on, most everybody, was just really enamored with tech and these new companies and, and, and all the exciting new products and changes they were bringing to our society. These were champion U.S. innovative companies that everybody's super proud of and that were making all these new things that were changing the way we all lived and they were growing fast and helping the economy and making us more efficient. Since then, Google has only gotten bigger and its value has soared. This year, it became the fourth tech company to reach a trillion-dollar valuation, which, once again, has raised regulators' eyebrows. Suddenly, wow, they're so big and popular, and and there don't seem to be a lot of other people who are able to compete with them. And so then we've had all these questions about, these companies like this still because they're just better at what they're doing? Or are they partially like this because they've used this power they've gained to basically keep anybody else from competing with them? And so now, Google is back in the spotlight over antitrust issues. Outside the U.S., regulators have actually taken on Google. Since 2017, the European Commission has fined Google three separate times for breaking European antitrust rules. Those fines have totaled more than $8 billion. And in the U.S., concern has grown about the unchecked power of big tech companies— But unlike in 2012, now there's political will to do something about it. In fact, the guy leading the charge this time around, the head of the Justice Department, Bill Barr, has long been on the record questioning the power of big tech. Bill Barr came in, and Bill Barr has a telecom background, and said even at his confirmation hearings that he had concerns about these big tech companies and how in the world did they get so big. And his view has generally been that antitrust enforcers have been asleep at the switch for 20 years. There's been this growing sense that, you know, antitrust enforcement, this whole idea of protecting competition, just really 
hasn't worked well and do at least need to hold the line and try to not let us get in a situation where, you know, you have a handful of companies in the U.S. who just have all this market power and can use it to muscle everybody around. It's not just Bill Barr. The appetite to aggressively go after big tech cuts across the political spectrum. You have a group on the left that's been pushing this. Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren, has been one of the first people who was really banging the drum on this. And then you combine that with this conservative populism that's grown on the right and suspicion of big business. And then we got to this moment where everybody thought it was a time to start looking at Google and some of these other companies again. And then now we finally, after all this time, have this case. More details on what's in that case, that's after the break. How well do we know the people we work with every day? We share lunches, jokes, and deadlines, but are we aware of the unseen struggles we often face silently? Stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or feeling misunderstood at work? Through insight, awareness, and empathy, we can start to better see the issues our coworkers are dealing with, and that can make us and our companies healthier too. Join Holly Robinson-Pete and her guests on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Welcome back. In the antitrust suit filed today, the government has a slightly different focus than it did in 2011. This time, it's looking at Google's exclusive business arrangements with other companies. I mean, a lot of these are revenue-sharing agreements. So say if, you, you know, if you're a mobile phone carrier, you'd have an agreement with Google where Google says, look, your phones are running on our Android platform, you make our search application pre-installed here. You make it so it can't be deleted. And you don't pre-install anybody else's competing applications. In other cases, say with Apple and its Safari browser, Google pays Apple billions to be the default. And given that phones in the U.S., everybody's either using an iPhone or an Android, with that deal, it effectively makes it the case that Google search is the default on pretty much any mobile device that anybody in the U.S. is using. So effectively, what Google has done here, according to the Justice Department, is pay companies like Apple and other smartphone manufacturers to make it so that whenever they're going to do a search for something on the internet, that search is going through Google. That's right. Why does the Justice Department say that that's a bad thing? So the Justice Department says, look, in any marketplace, what you want is a competitive marketplace because it holds companies' feet to the fire. It promotes innovation. It gives consumers choice. So if you don't like Google's privacy practices or you don't like a lot of the sponsored stuff that's now at the top of their search results, that you could go somewhere else and, and have an alternative. And so what the government argues is that through these agreements, Google has basically foreclosed anybody from competing. But antitrust law is traditionally about harm to consumers and that 
things are becoming too expensive, which hurts consumers. But Google search is free. So how could this be hurting consumers? Well, what the government argues, I mean, they have argued this in the past, is that it's not always just about price harms, that there are other kinds of harms, including harms to innovation. You know, if you and I have a company and we have no other competitors, maybe we're just kind of content with what we're doing. But if we did have somebody who was really hot on our heels, maybe it pushes us to be more innovative in the products and services we offer or how we offer them. So the harm is in some ways hypothetical. It's that there is some company that that is being hurt because they can't offer a product. And so therefore, me as a consumer, I don't get access to the thing that they might have invented had Google not been so dominant. I think that's right. I mean, more generally, it's about you as a consumer don't have access to a competitive marketplace. And, you know, the the whole foundation of antitrust law is built on the idea that competition is a good thing for everybody. And here they say there is none. What has Google said so far about the case? Google says the Justice Department's lawsuit misunderstands the marketplace, is based on faulty assumptions, and never really alleges that there's any kind of real harm to consumers here. The company basically says that these arrangements that it has is really no different than Coca-Cola or a cereal brand paying a supermarket chain for specific placement in the store and that there are benefits for everybody for these kinds of arrangements. Google also says consumers are savvy people and that in a world where everybody's downloading apps, consumers know they have choices. And if they don't want to use Google, it's easy enough for them to go download an app and use somebody else. What do you make of the timing just two weeks before the election? So that one is hard to say. I mean, you know, the timing has raised some eyebrows. You know, and I know there have been concerns given particularly leadership under Bill Barr, the AG there, about whether there may be some kind of political aspect of this or whether there'd be any kind of credit claiming ahead of the election. I mean, I'm not sure a lawsuit against Google is going to be at the top of people's radars, given that we're fighting over health care and the Supreme Court and the coronavirus. But who knows? The AG and other people in the department say that they've spent more than a year on the probe and that it was really time to just move forward. But it is certainly true. I mean, Who knows what happens with this case? A lot of it will depend on the election. I mean, if Joe Biden wins, his people may want to go in a different direction. And even if Trump were to win re-election, the odds are that some of the political appointees who are involved in bringing this case aren't going to be around as the case proceeds. I mean, this litigation could take years. How do you imagine Google is going to fight this? We have no reason to believe that Google in any way would like shirk from a fight here. They think they are operating from a position of strength, both in terms of their business and law. They have tons of lawyers working for them, including people who would have worked for the government in the past. And you can look in Europe where they have faced cases, and some of these cases have been going on for several years, and Google is still you know, appealing and fighting the European antitrust enforcers tooth and nail. And so you know, absent some kind of way out here that would work for both sides, you can expect to see the same kind of fight here. What are the stakes for Google if the Justice Department succeeds in this lawsuit? Could Google be broken up, potentially? Potentially. I mean, the department has been very vague so far about what it wants to see. I mean, it said at a minimum, it wants to see changes to these agreements or eliminations of these kinds of agreements that they say prohibit competition in the marketplace. But they left open the possibility of what they call structural relief, which would be you know, potentially breaking up the company or breaking up pieces of the company or having them operate separately. But I mean, typically those issues get sorted out as litigation goes on and, and we're just, we're, we're not at that point yet. 
So this lawsuit could presumably take years to play out. What will that mean for Google in the meantime until there is a resolution? I don't think it means anything in the meantime. I mean, Google will continue business as is. I mean, there's an argument that even being under investigation is itself kind of a remedy because when companies know they're being scrutinized, they're more careful about their behavior. What's at stake for the Justice Department if it wins and and also if it loses? If they lose this case, it's going to be hard to see them bring another one like this. Antitrust laws is fairly open-ended, and you know each case kind of builds upon the next one. And so if the department loses the blockbuster ruling here, I mean, it, it could set them back on bringing these kind of cases for a generation. That's all for today, Tuesday, October 20th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.